following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? It is 2019. Yes. Got to get used to writing that 2019. I've already gotten it wrong plenty of times. <laughs> and I expect to see that little eight turned into a nine for yes. about the next two or three months. Yes. But we're going to enjoy it. It's a new year. We got a lot going on in life. We got a lot going on in the world. And we definitely got a lot going on in sports right now. Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. On the year's first episode of Offense, Defense, and Discourse, yes, we're really going to get into it. Okay, let's do it. I'm ready. So before we get started, though, I have to ask you a question, What's John. up? What's up? Serious question. Okay. You down with ODD? <laughs> you wasn't ready for that one. See, now... <laughs> see, see... <laughs> And I'm glad you're laughing because that does something for me. It allows me to let yes. the people know the next thing. Okay. Yeah. What is In that? 2019, yes. we're going to two hours. What? Whoa, whoa. So with two hours, you're going to get to see a lot more of John and I's personality. Yes. We can laugh. Oh, we can joke. We don't have to cut our discussions. It's short. We're really oh. going to have some fun this oh, year. Oh, my God. Two hours. Two hours. They given us two hours. Get, they gave us two hours. Free Agent Radio said two hours. Two hours. Seattle Hip Hop said two hours. Two hours. Have they listened to our show? Do they know us? They given us two hours. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of, heard of the expression, you should have nev- never gave you people money? Yeah, yes. They should have never gave us two hours. Two, oh, <laughs> my, oh, my goodness. Oh, we about to get it. Oh, oh, oh I, I am not ready for this. Yeah. So with that being said, What's up, man? let's get started. Let's go. Let's go. It's let's playoff see. time, man. NFL playoff time, dude. NFL playoff time. It's, you know what? We're not, I'm, I don't want to get into that first. Did we start Whoa. talking about NFL playoffs? That's the whole show going. Okay. So we're going to start with NBA. What? Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's see, the let's reason I want to start the NBA is we're post-Christmas, mm-hmm. about a month, five, six weeks away from the All-Star break. Yes. You know what that means in the NBA? Means team, It means it's, it's tree-shaking time. Exactly. Teams that are ready. Who, teams who believe that they can make a run will be making moves. Teams that know that they're out of it or suspect that they're out of it going to start selling. Exactly. This is the time of the year where you start to know the difference between the contenders and the, and the pretenders. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. Agreed. The people who are in it to win and the people who are looking to tank. Okay. And everyone bashes the the Sixers for the process. Mm-hmm. But pay attention, they're not the only ones who tank. Oh no, 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 not at not at all. Not at all. And that was probably some, one of the biggest issues I had with the NBA as far as their, I guess, their reaction to tanking. I felt like the Sixers were the only team that were tanking and were just like, hey, man, it is what it is. And I think I think that's what the league's problem with what the Sixers were doing was. Mm-hmm. They weren't even giving the appearance of being competitive. Yes. They can live with teams that they know are trying to lose. It's been happening for a long, long oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. But for the sake of marketing, for the sake of fans – at least give the appearance of trying to win. But here, but let me talk, let me ask you this because I know you, you're more than just a fan. You know, you're you're somebody with an objective sports 
mind it's, and and you have an opinion and I want your opinion on what do you find more insulting a team is just like hey man it is what it is we got to get bad before we can get better or a team that you know is bad can't get better trying to pretend like they're get, they want to get better when you know that they can't okay we'll see I'm glad you 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 po- posited that question the way you did mm-hmm. because I understand where the average fan would be upset, feel insulted, like this team's not trying to give me a team mm-hmm. that could win this mm-hmm. year. But understanding basketball, I think a little bit better than just a casual fan at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't call myself an expert, mm-hmm. but I'll say I understand it a little bit better than the casual fan. Okay. And the things you un- one thing I un- know for sure about basketball is that being mediocre is the worst way to try to win. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in that, let's see, 8 seed to 10-11 seed range where you're the last team in the playoffs, first couple teams out, Mm -hmm. you don't really have a chance to win. Mm -hmm. And also, you don't really have a chance to compete for the best players. Sixers, again, perfect example. After Iverson, during the Andre Iguodala years, mm-hmm. they were a perennial six to eight seed. No chance of really ever threatening for any kind of championship, mm-hmm. Eastern Conference Finals. Even they made it out of the first round once, and that was only because Derrick Rose got hurt with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So, from that perspective, I completely understand and even supported what the Sixers were doing because staying in the Middle of the ground saying we're going to put out a team that's competitive, but isn't in a, really in a position to win. When you're looking long-term, big picture, our goal is to win the championship, that's not going to get it done. Especially not in today's NBA with super teams. Mm-hmm. Teams that have three, sometimes four or five all-stars in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You want to compete with those type of teams, you have to have three or four all-star type talents in your lineup as well. Mm-hmm. So what the Sixers did, knowing they weren't in a situation where they had a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, a Kevin Durant, want a player of that ilk on the roster to attract high-level free agents, mm-hmm. they decided it was best to go the other route. Do it through the draft and make sure we're getting good draft picks by having a bad record. And the second part they did that made that effective was they drafted big men first. Because you need big men, Mm -hmm. but I don't care how good your big men are, without an NBA guard, you're still in the lottery. Orlando Magic had Shaq and still got the number one pick the next year. Of course, that number one pick was Chris Webber, who they turned into Penny Hardaway and ended up going to the NBA Finals. An NBA guard is essential to winning, and the Sixers went three years giving you T.J. McConnell. They cut Ish Smith because he was too good. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. They got rid of Ish Smith because he was too good. Mm-hmm. And then when they were really getting beat up about how bad they were losing and like, okay, you don't have any guards on the roster, they brought Ish Smith mm-hmm. back for the last stretch of that season, and they actually looked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you understood why they didn't have Ish Smith on the roster the whole year. So I absolutely understand that process. Mm-hmm. So looking at 
this year's NBA team, let's start NBA season, excuse me, the teams go, going through the process. Mm-hmm. What Are there any players that you would like to see moved this year? Before we get to who you expect to see moved, who would you like to see moved? Um, I would honestly, it probably goes one in the same because I would like to see Anthony Davis moved because he's probably been the most talked about name. So that's one of those things where it's like, you know what, if they're gonna move him, just just, just do get it. it up. Yeah, just, just get it over with. Just get it over with. I think that's that's probably the biggest name. And then after that, you know what, I guess. That's probably like that's probably the most pressing name. That, okay. That's where it would start with me. All right, so Anthony Davis. Let's start with him. Of course, there's the rumors about L.A. him having slot signed with Clutch Management, LeBron James's management group, and of course he and LeBron are friends, and they go to dinner when he's in L.A. All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's also rumors Boston may be interested. And nobody in the, NBA, in the NBA can put together a trade package as good as Boston, period. So, I what, is it one of those two teams or maybe someone else I'm not thinking of? Where do you think would be the most likely landing spot? I think the most likely landing spot would be L.A. I think, honestly, when I think about a trade to Boston, mm-hmm. I feel like it makes sense, but where I, I – what gets me about Boston is the fact that I don't think Boston is where you are as far as the trade. And let, let me let me let me explain that. Okay, I'm listening. I know what you would give up for Anthony Davis. I know the okay. the key, the well, key pause to, you right there. Okay. To be clear, financially, there has to be a specific player included in yes. that trade to get it done. Yes. What I'm saying is that's that makes sense. You've made that argument to me before, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. I am not sold on the fact that Danny Ainge is where you are, okay. As far as where is making that trade, like I, I'm sure they would love a player like Anthony Davis in Boston. And let, and let's look. We got two hours, so let's let let's, me, let's, let's, go, let's, let's put it, it out there. You to get Anthony Davis, the Celtics are going to have to give up Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. I don't think Danny Ainge is there yet. That's what get, that's what gets me. Like you don't have to convince me that this is a good trade and this is the move that needs to be made. Right. What I am saying is, as, as smart and as savvy as a general manager and as a front office person as Danny Ainge is, I don't believe he's there. All right, so I want you to get into your best Danny Ainge mindset. Okay. I'm, of course, you're not him, but. Mm-hmm. It, put yourself in his shoes the okay. best you can. These shoes suck. All right. <laughs> I, I, if I'm if I gotta put on the shoes of a Boston Celtic, I'm gonna complain about it the whole way through. These shoes suck. Oh, I understand. All right. But that being said, that being said, all right, I'm you, Danny Ainge. You're right Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge right now probably. What is it that would hold you back from trading Kyrie Irving? The fact that. He, a dynamic player. You have more up. of those. I, I understand that. But but if you're if I, I, I'm a, I'm listening. Yeah, he's a dynamic player okay. who fills up the stat sheets. He's a popular player. 
Everyone knows him. He's a superstar that I just brought. I just brought in a season and a half ago. Okay. Now, flip side. Okay. His contract's about to be up. Yep. Your offense repeatedly looks better when he's not on the floor. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him max money. Yeah. There's all already talk about he wants to be in New York. Mm-hmm. His knees have a degenerative issue. There's no, there's mm-hmm. he has a shelf life on his career, and you have a high quality guy in Terry Rozier who will play for less money, sitting right there already on your roster. You don't even have to go for a new point guard. And finally, being the Boston Celtics and knowing who your fan base is, mm-hmm. the most important thing to that fan base is not a guy who's quote unquote box office. Mm-hmm. It's winning. So if that team puts together a winning roster, regardless of the names on the jersey, that fan base will rally behind the team. So from that standpoint, I see no reason where if I'm in if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm not waiting for New Orleans to call me. I'm calling New Orleans and say, I got Kyrie Irving and what else do we need? Where at we start there, what else do we have to talk about? Let's make this work. Because if I'm offering Kyrie Irving, L.A. can't match my trade package. No, I understand. I, I understand. But, and I who's guess, L.A. going to give you? That's I don't the know. that's the other question. I know. I, I'm not. I guess I'm not saying that L.A. could give more money, could do more. I know that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. The sensible destination is the Boston Celtics. I just. <laughs> You know, I just don't – I'm not sold on Danny Ainge making that move. But uh, it makes sense. I don't think Danny Ainge makes that move. I'm just – because my other question is because Anthony Davis is not a free agent at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. There's more you time have on him. his Yes, contract, you have him. Which gives the Hornets the leverage rather than Anthony Davis Pelicans. the leverage. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> the Pel- gives yes. the Pelicans yes. the leverage. Mm-hmm. Rather than Anthony Davis, the Hornets would love the leverage on uh, Anthony Davis. Right <laughs> I'm now. sure they would. So, what LA calls it says, "I'll give you Lonzo Ball or Kyle Kuzma," and Boston says, "I'll give you Kyrie Irving." And mm-hmm. if I'm the Pelicans, that's a no-brainer conversation. Yeah, no, I understand. I'm calling LA back. Like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Like I'm going to need Lonzo, I'm going to need Ingram, I'm going to need Kuzma. And if you're not giving me all three of them, what are we even talking about? Because mm-hmm. because Boston, in this hypothetical scenario, is giving me Kyrie plus another young talent. Mm-hmm. Because all they have on their roster is essentially young, talented players. So I know everybody is excited about the idea of Anthony Davis to L.A., mm-hmm. I just don't know how realistic that idea is this year. No, I don't. Once again, like I said, you're you don't have to sell me on this. You definitely don't have to sell me. I'm I'm with you. I I just don't know. Like I said, I don't know how, how many different ways I could put it. Where I just don't believe Danny Ainge makes that move. He should. I hope he doesn't. As a Sixers fan, I hope he doesn't. However, that makes sense. You know, I, I guess it it will all depend 
on where Danny Ainge is and how he how he feels Kyrie Irving fits with this team? Does he feel like this is this is still a feeling out period? Is this something that can get better? You know, have, if they're winning more games, no, you know, mm-hmm. all that depends on where Danny Ainge is with Kyrie Irving and how much of a future and how far this team can go with Kyrie Irving. Okay, now. It's kind of moving on, still on the NBA though. You said you're a Sixers fan. Yeah. Of course, yes. of course, I know you're a Sixers fan. I'm about to say you put it out there like, but like, like, like you challenging me. Like, not at I all. I got to prove I'm a Sixers but fan. Not at all. <laughs> but as a Sixers fan, yes. Now I want, I want you to be a fan for me. Okay. I, I, I want you to really be a fan. That's for easy me. for me. That's easy. As a it's Sixers nothing. fan, yes. I think if you're being an honest fan. Mm-hmm. You'd say this team probably still needs one more piece. Yes. Who would you want that piece to be? Anthony Davis. Not no, possible. No, I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm not quite sure because. Uh, what I, type of piece do you think this team needs? Another guard, this, a power forward, a wing score. I think this. I think uh, this team needs a power forward, and I also think this team needs depth off their bench. I think those are the two glaring issues as far as. The Sixers go. I'm not quite sure if there is a move, another, I guess, you know, top-tier move. They made their move to get Jimmy Butler. That's been a good move. It's worked out for them so far. I'm not quite sure if this team has the pieces to trade to make another, you know, top-tier move. I feel like at this point they might have to wait for the buyout period see who gets bought out, see who's out there on free agency to try and add, you know, add some depth. But I'm not quite sure if that move is there for the Sixers. Okay. And I can see that now. I tossed out an idea to you a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. about a player who's available, I thought the Sixers, should at least kick the tires on. Mm -hmm. And – of course, I'm talking about Carmelo Anthony, oh, who anybody who's mm. ever listened to me knows I'm not a big Carmelo Anthony fan. By not a big Carmelo Anthony fan, you mean you absolutely detest his game. I mean, I'm against everything he stands for yes, as a basketball yes, player. Yes, everything. All, all that. Mm-hmm. That Made being that said, perfectly clear. Based on skill set and need of the team, mm-hmm. I think it's at least worth kicking around the t- kick because you could sign him for the minimum. Yes, and you have an open roster spot. Yes. It, it might jeopardize team chemistry, mm-hmm. but you sign him for the minimum, you can get rid of him in two weeks if it's not working. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul. So let me ask, let me ask you this because you, this show is we do come from the Philadelphia. Yeah. So you know we we all hear the stories, we all hear the news media, where you know we we're friends with people on the beat. All, all, all of those things. There have been stories floated out there that team chemistry is kind of shaky. As is. You know, so give, specifically given that, between the two young stars. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's been a lot, a lot of, a, a lot of debate about that. Like how much should we put into that? You know, is this much ado about nothing? Is this a, is this really a story? Is this much ado about nothing? Is this this two young guys who might not be the best of friends, but can get along? But given that, 
given whatever state this locker room is in, mm-hmm. would you bring a Carmelo Anthony into a situation like that? All right. We're going to take a break, save that question, <laughs> and we'll be right back with more offense, defense, and discourse. And I'm going to answer that question and more on the other side of the break. We'll be right back after this. Listen live online. Freeagentradio.com It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then... The dreaded splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go! Oh, come on. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. Before the break, John and I were talking NBA. Specifically, we were looking at moves that were available to potential playoff teams, the buyers and sellers, as we approached the All-Star break in about a month. And we had gotten on the topic of possible moves for the 76ers. Now, John asked me an interesting question about chemistry specifically with with the Sixers and their young stars where there are reports of tension you know and possibly it's a lot of a lot of talk and much ado about nothing or it could actually be something and you 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 asked the question would I be willing to risk further damage to team chemistry by bringing in a guy who may be polarizing like a Carmelo Anthony. Now, I'm going to answer that question in two parts. Part one, the supposed beef, drama, whatever it is between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I don't think that is so much personal beef as it is about contrasting styles. Now, it's funny. I was actually, NBA Twitter is an amazing thing. It lets you see a lot. It lets you inside a lot into players. But it also lets you know a lot about how fans think. Yeah. And I love the fans. I am a fan. Mm -hmm. We need the fans. The fans are our listeners. Yes. That being said, fans know nothing about basketball. <laughs> like nothing. Mm-hmm. They're convinced stats and guys who dunk are the best players. That's foolish. But I remember seeing this week on NBA Twitter, specifically Sixers Twitter, there were a lot of fans 
mocking the idea of Ben Simmons shooting more jump shots mm-hmm. because he missed them. And they were like, ah, oh, now he's, he's taking the worst shot in basketball. It's nice to see that happening. Oh, there's, of course, him missing shots is going to give us more spacing. That concept makes it clear to me that you don't understand how basketball works. It's not one-on-one. We're not in the park playing 21. Mm-hmm. We're not even playing three-on-three. There are five usually very large men on a court for each team at a time. For any of them to work effectively, they have to have space. If I don't have space, there are going to be two or three defenders on me. Mm-hmm. Now, with Ben Simmons not being able to space and stretch the floor with a jump shot, does a couple things. One, defenders, they don't have to guard his jump shot, so now they're sagging back into his driving lanes and his passing lanes. So making the defense much easier to play against a team like that. Remember that NBA Finals, these specific years eluded me, but it was when LeBron was facing Dallas the first year in Miami. Okay. Do you remember how Dallas defended them? Yeah. Or LeBron when I believe it was San Antonio that swept them that year in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how San Antonio defended them? Sagged off them, forced them to be a jump jump shooter, built a wall towards the rim so he couldn't drive, and there were long athletic guys sitting in his passing lanes. He essentially becomes a non-factor offensively when you do that. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons is the same thing. Additionally, have you ever paid attention to what happens to any big man who pay, played with LeBron? LeBron was not a pure shooter. Mm-hmm. LeBron was most effective playing in the paint, same as Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So if you have a big man who is used to playing in the paint and LeBron who needs driving lanes and space in the paint to maximize who, his game, who do you think is going to have to get out the paint? Big man. Your son. Big. So what happened to Chris Bosh when he played with LeBron? Came a jump shooter. What happened to Kevin Love when he played with LeBron? Came a jump shooter. What's the problem with what's going on in L.A. right now? They don't have no jump shooters. Ky- Kuzma can make a little bit, and you see Kuzma shine. Mm-hmm. But they don't have enough jump shooters to put around LeBron. Mm-hmm. And then you got Rondo and Ball also ball handlers who need shooters around them because Mm -hmm. of their limited shooting ability, Mm -hmm. you're going to see the same thing. So back to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Embiid is saying he wants to be in the post. He doesn't want to be a three-point shooter. And and Ben Simmons is not a a willing shooter at all. You have to find a way to balance both of them getting time and opportunities mm-hmm. when both of them operate best in the same space. And that is more of what we're seeing than a personal beef, like they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. This is a clash of styles, which can be corrected as players' games develop. As MB gets a little better conditioned, a little smarter about his game. Mm -hmm. He'll understand to run the floor harder from the beginning and crash to the rim. 
get to the get into the paint early and you can work from the inside out. Likewise, as Ben Simmons matures, he'll realize he needs that at least even if he's not shooting four, five threes a game, he needs to make the defense respect it enough where they have to come up and guard him. And he's a, that will make him a more effective playmaker for his team. So it is a basketball issue more than a personality issue as far as I see it. Now, the second part to the question, would I be willing to throw in Carmelo Anthony into that? And assuming, and this is a big assumption, mm-hmm. that Carmelo Anthony would be willing to come in and accept his role, and he would still have opportunity to be a starter. So I do think he'd be more willing to accept a diminished role uh, as long as he gets to start and get his minutes on the court. Mm-hmm. What His skill set would actually allow for additional spacing for both Embiid and Ben Simmons because Carmelo Anthony is a guy who can score the ball from more than 10 feet away from the rim. Mm. Providing consistent space, he's a guy the defense can't leave. So from that standpoint, I think, assuming, of course, that Carmelo would accept his role Mm -hmm. as third, possibly fourth option offensively, Mm -hmm. that it could be actually a way to help alleviate some of the tension with what's going on with Embiid and Simmons games. So... I know that was a long answer. No, no, no it was good. I'm, I'm, I'm taking I'm advantage of the time we have. I understand that. that. I'm, I'm listening. I'm sitting here taking it all in. So my question to you is: Given what you just said, mm-hmm. the, you know that this is a clash. This is a clash of styles, not necessarily personalities. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Brett Brown is the coach that can fix that? Is Brett Brown the guy who can get them through this? All right. We'll see. Again, it's it's a clash of styles, mm-hmm. but it's not a matter of X's and O's as much as it is about a need to develop skill set. And the one thing Brett Brown can rest his hat on proudly is his track record in player development. So that is the one reason why, if for nothing else, I firmly believe Brett Brown is the right coach for this team right now. Two years from now, when the team is ready to take that next step, we'll have to reevaluate that. Okay. But the Sixers, or young teams in general, don't win NBA championships. Mm. This is not the team, especially prior to the addition of Jimmy Butler, but even now with Jimmy Butler in the fold, mm. that I think is necessarily ready to compete for a title this year. Okay. They're at least one, maybe two years away. Okay, so let me ask you this, because because we're, we're talking about I mean, let's keep it here in the east for, okay. for right now. All right, Sixers aren't ready yet. Sixers aren't ready yet. Who is ready in the it's, east? In the east is Bo- well, you know what? Toronto looks Tor- ready. Toronto looks ready. Boston, yes or no? As currently constructed, yes. No, no. Okay. Uh, now Boston is a team I think could get better mm-hmm. by subtraction. I understand. I understand. But their okay. offense just doesn't have the flow in Milwaukee, are they ready? And does Milwaukee That's are a they tough ready? question. Mm-hmm. That's the toughest that is the real question mark in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Giannis every year, every day looks a little better and a little better and a little better. Mm-hmm. His jump shot is still limited. 
But he's and, but he's trying. But he's trying. You know, it's like because I hear people. It's improving. Want, yeah, I hear people always wanting to make that comparison between Giannis and Ben Simmons. Giannis has and, been in the league for more years than Ben. Simmons. Of course, of course. But just like you said, you know, NBA Twitter is full of know-it-alls who don't know it all. You know, <laughs> so of course that's that is the comparison because you have a big you have a when you have a point guard in a power forward's body mm-hmm. you know everyone's going to make those two comparisons so and in a lot of ways it's a fair comparison yeah but but it's a, but Giannis is further along in his development yes so does that give you hope for Ben Simmons absolutely okay. i've never said that i don't think Simmons and Embiid can work together mm-hmm. i simply believe that it's going to take time it's going to take time okay Perfect example. Okay. First year, Penny and Shaq were together. Mm-hmm. They actually made it all the way to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you remember Penny at that point, while he was willing to take the shot, no one would ever confuse him for a knockdown shooter. No, 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 not at all. No one would have confused him for that. There were, and, and, it, well, and what was funny was he, he was like the, people were still weren't convinced that he was a point guard yet. Exactly. You know, he could pass the ball. He could facilitate. Sound like yeah. anybody else we hear about these days? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the number two thing, Shaq. We all know he couldn't shoot more than mm-hmm. – if he, Shaq was more than six, seven feet away from the rim, mm-hmm. wasn't much of a threat to score at all. It's funny. And when, I think of, when I think about Shaq and the player he fi- he finished his career with, the, sh- the player he became, the dominant center he became, mm-hmm. it's amazing to me because when he came into the league, I would have argued anybody – in basketball, that I thought Alonzo Mourning was a better center than than Shaquille O'Neal coming out of college. Coming out of college, Alonzo Mourning had a more developed skill set. Yes, yes. Shaquille O'Neal, however, had the physical ability mm. that was mm-hmm. unrivaled yes. by anyone. The thing that ma- in the, years, the thing that made Shaq eventually, the thing that made Shaq better than Alonzo Mourning, and then later on like totally surpassed Alonzo uh, Mourning was the fact that Shaq was so physically gifted. Exactly. Like he could ride the coattails of his physicality mm-hmm. to greatness. Like, you know, yeah. where Alonzo uh, had to work. Yeah, Alonzo was, had I to mean, work. Don't get me wrong. Alonzo, 6'10", 6'11", no. No. great shape, no, good I, athlete. I, I, I preface this by saying. But Shaq was mm-hmm. Shaq. I, was Shaq. I, yeah, I, I preface this by all by saying, one, Alonzo Mourning is probably one of my favorite players of all time like, oh, he's, like that's, and you'll never oh, hear me knock you yeah, for that when yeah. I'm, Zoe, uh, was, Zoe was one of the best Zoe was my dude Zoe, Zoe, Zoe was my guy like on my my, my, on my fan Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of all time favorite players Alonzo Mourning is right up there so I, I loved him in college loved him with the, with the Hornets you know, kind of mm-hmm. going to the he kind of hurt me a little bit but I ended up loving him uh-huh, but, but, none, but nonetheless I thought like when you're having, when we're having those conversations, when you're having those barbershop conversations, I was in high school, so you had school bus conversations. Couldn't tell me that Alonzo Morning wasn't better than Shaq. Now, now you I know, hear you know, mm-hmm. but back to my point where yeah. I, where I got to Shaq. Yeah, what I was saying was, you could have easily had the same spacing issues with Penny and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Yes. What the reason why it did work is what the, the other players they surrounded them with. Dennis Scott, Dennis Nick, Scott Anderson. Nick Anderson. Mm-hmm. And guys, even Scott Skiles could hit a shot from time to time. Mm-hmm. Scott right? Skiles could shoot. Mm-hmm. Brian Shaw was on that team. Yes. You had guys like that mm-hmm. that would create the space for mm-hmm. you. Yes. Which is, what you, if you're, that's the type of team you're going to build with a Ben Simmons at point guard and a Joel Embiid in center, mm-hmm. your two through four need to be guys that 
defend and make shots. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's what makes it interesting for me to see what will happen with Furkan Korkmaz or Landry Shamit. Mm-hmm. Can they develop into the shooters that they need to help bring that space? Uh, like, for example, look at the Sixers last year. Mm-hmm. Going into the playoffs, they were one of the hottest team in the league, 17-game winning streak, mm-hmm. NBA record for, mm-hmm. for win streak going into the playoffs. That started happening. The team started to take off mm-hmm. when, at, when buyout season started, and they brought in two shooters that created yep. extra spaces. Mm-hmm. Now the problem where that – that team was limited, was those shooters, Bellinelli and Ilyasova, they couldn't play, defend anybody. Yeah, couldn't play defense. Which is why I said you need guys who could play D and space the floor. Mm-hmm. But is that Carmelo? It's not Carmelo. He, mm-hmm. well, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. He can space the floor. Playing D, mm-hmm. not so much, <laughs> but on, on, in his fe- benefit, to his benefit, he would have Joel Dwell and Bead behind him, which makes everybody better defensively. Yes. When you have a, a shot blocker, big man that can control the paint like that, mm-hmm. everyone automatically on the team becomes better yes. defensively. Yes. yes, agreed, agreed. Because I'm far less concerned with getting beat to the rim, mm-hmm. and guys are far less interested in trying to beat me to the rim mm-hmm. because I have that 7'2", 300-pound shot blocker behind me. So now I can press up on your jump shot. Mm-hmm. I can crowd your space. And that makes me a better defensive player. I'm not saying he'll be all NBA deep, all defense, and all NBA or anything like mm-hmm. that, but I think he could be competent. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. So, hmm. That was the Sixers. And here's my last question in this segment. Mm hmm. We're talking about all these teams and possible moves. Yes. But here's the real question. Okay. The Warriors are set to bring back Boogie Cousins mm-hmm. probably in a month or so. Mm-hmm. With his return imminent, is there any team that can really make any move that makes them a threat to the Warriors? This is about to be the shortest segment ever. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. No. Now, we've talked about this before. I, I understand that we said that – I just said this is going to be the shortest segment ever. But we got two hours, so I got, that means I have to expound a little <laughs> bit. All right. We have talked about this, and I feel like the Warriors are now in that same class as the uh, Patriots in football. Whereas I will believe that they're – I will believe that they're not the favorite when they're not in it. I believe a team can beat them. When they've beaten them, you know, I understand all the issues that the Warriors have had and they seem to be having some chemistry issues as of right now. Players not, you know, maybe roles need to be redefined, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe uh, players not getting along with one another. And then you're adding Boogie Cousins, who isn't necessarily the poster boy for chemistry. So there is a possibility that this could all blow up. Absolutely. However, I will believe that the Golden State Warriors are not the favorites to win it all when the Golden State Warriors have not won it all. And at this point, in theory, on paper, however you want to put it, that's still the Golden State Warriors, and they're still adding Boogie Cousins. So if the Lakers added Anthony Davis, you don't think they'd be a favorite? No. If the Celtics added Anthony Davis, would they be a favorite? No. 
I don't think that I don't I okay. I, I think you're I think if the if the Celtics added Anthony Davis, you're now penciling in Warriors Celtics for the championship. But I'm not convinced that the Celtics still are good enough to beat the Warriors. Okay. I think they I think the Celt the Celtics would then go to the finals in twelve games. If they if you if if they if they added Anthony Davis, you're saying they're you running know, through the they're east, running through the east, but they're not a but, favorite to win yeah. overall. All right, you remember? Uh, in now. fact, let me let me let me take you. Remember that one year? I think it was, it was the Pistons' first year, their first that first championship they won, mm-hmm. where the Lakers had swept when Shaq the, was fat. Now no, 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 no. I'm going way back. I'm going before that. I'm going. Oh, the Magic Lakers. First, yeah, Isaiah Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Magic Pistons. Isaiah. Okay. Remember, the Lakers went undefeated in the playoffs, mm-hmm. in, in the Western Conference playoffs, then got swept by the Pistons. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's what I imagine. Okay. That's what, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, the, the Warriors would then sweep the Celtics, but I'm saying the Celtics would, the Celtics would be pretty much, you know, far and beyond better than Anybody, you know, anybody in the East, right. they're better than, you know, adding Anthony Davis makes them better than Toronto, makes them better than Milwaukee, makes them better than Indiana, makes them better than the Sixers. So two teams that nobody is really mentioning their names mm-hmm. around possible moves, mm-hmm. but I would assume that these two teams, in the both in the West, would be buyers before they would be sellers, mm-hmm. thinking they could compete. Do you see possible any moves? Okay, or I'll phrase it this way. If you were the Thunder or the Rockets, what moves would you make, if any? What type of move do you think would be necessary to put you on a level where you can compete? I think the Thunder, if the Thunder could find a way to get Anthony Davis. I think he's the key. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the needle in all of this. I think whoever gets him, skyrockets up to that top tier or at least the next to top tier. I love, you know, maybe I think I, I would trust Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets to be able to work with a player like Anthony Davis more than I would, uh, Oklahoma city thunder. I think Chris Paul and James Harden would be able to incorporate an Anthony Davis into their game better than I would trust Russell three for twenty, but I still had a triple double Westbrook. <laughs> one, I wanted, and, and I want, and we, I did want to throw that out there now, just to get you go because we got two hours. Well, out. you know how I feel about that. Too. Yes, I do. Now that being said, the one thing I will say, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook's very good playing with big men because he can go pick and roll all day. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to get the ball out of his hands to play with the big men. Mm-hmm. Big men are simply finishers. They want their guard to handle, which is why he plays well with Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. Perimeter guys, guys who want touches, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But a big man who doesn't isn't looking to handle, he's just looking to finish, I could see Rus- Russell Westbrook flourishing with him. You think so? I do. Okay. Assuming he could, he could ever figure out how to make a shot again. But that's a different <laughs> Do you realize he's actually shooting worse this year than Markel Fultz? Who, uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook? Westbrook? No, I believe it. From three, like from the floor, from the three. Like, how do you shoot worse than Markel Fultz from three? Have you seen Markel Fultz shoot a three? Yes. All right. On that note, 
<laughs> we're going to take another quick break. All right, we'll we, be. Where, where are we going? Because look, we got time now. This whole two-hour thing, this is, mind is blown. I'm loving it. I, I'm loving it too. We can talk more basketball. Or we can switch and talk football. It's up to you. What we got to do football? Okay, let's playoffs. 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 And our and our squad is in it. So look, oh, we I'm got good. some stuff to talk about. Oh yes, yes sir. All right, more after the break. Right after this, Mike Jones, John Brown. ODD. <laughs> Listen live online. FreeAgentRadio.com. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at PhillyGoFlow.com. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Okay, everybody, we are back. Before the break, we went through NBA. We discussed a couple trade rumors. Bruh, we spent 40-something minutes talking NBA. And now we don't have to just rush through a quick segment like the show's almost over. Oh, no. We get to go in. Yo. I mean, this is my... I'm just taking this all in, dude. I'm taking it all in. (laughs) I mean, this... Just, just give me a moment. You, you go ahead and talk. I'm, I'm just going to. I mean, it feels I'm just good. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to go two I'm, hours. Two hours. I'm going to have to start selling some ad time now. If you're interested Perfect. in advertising on offense, defense, discourse, yes, sir. feel free to contact us. Please. We we can work that out. Yes, we can. Do we? Do you have like an email address or something? You can email me mm-hmm. at m.a. Jones Jr. at gmail.com or okay. catch us me on Twitter, yes. Jonesy underscore LJR. Mm-hmm. That's at Jonesy, J O N S E Y underscore LJR. I got to say something, man. Y'all doing big things over at Lance Tate, man. I, 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 you know, I watch y'all, I watch y'all. We? Move. Yeah. We? 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 Oh, I'm, I'm down? You with us. Oh, we're, yo, we do big things. It, you know, like I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad to be down with the team, man. That's, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I firmly believe, especially in this business, that you can only be as strong as your team. So I admired the team that you had coming in when you brought me in. You know, I feel like you know I'm, I'm a free agent that y'all just, you know, what I mean, brought me in. Hey man, this you only made squad. the team stronger. Thank you, I appreciate that, dude. Oh uh, man, I'm that. having a good time working with you. All right, so I got a question with you for you All before right. we jump into this NFL. All right, go ahead, shoot. Uh, how do you feel as a fan? How do you feel about people who have more than one team? Okay, all right. Do you, so, well, I should I'm, say, do you believe that's possible? I'm gonna tell a story. Okay. Friend of mine, long time ago, he he had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend really loved him. Mm-hmm. They were always together. Yes. Or he thought they were always together. Ooh. But he also had another girl on the side. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, okay. And see, here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. He actually tried to be fairly honest about it. He told them about each other. And they thought they could deal with it. This, 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 
I mean, he. He, if you could see the, the face force I'm was, making right now, the force was strong with this one. Mm-hmm. Like he was really, he really worked his game as best he could. Mm-hmm. But where the conflict came, which was inevitable, mm-hmm. was when they both won at the same time. Mm. With, with Valentine's Day or holiday or something, some little event going on, anything mm-hmm. where she, where what, girl A wants his time. But girl B also wants his time. He can't tell girl A, well, I would, but girl B is more important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as much as he thought he was in a great situation, there was bound to be conflict. Yes. So how do I feel about people having two teams? Mm-hmm. There's bound to be conflict. Yes. Say I'm a Raiders fan. And uh, 49ers fan. Mm. I use those two teams. They're across the bridge from each other, same Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very possible you have, you know, a regional connection to both teams. Mm-hmm. One's AFC, one's NFC. Mm-hmm. But what would happen if those two teams made it to the Super Bowl? Who are you rooting for then? Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, I'm good either way. Both my teams are in it. I'm a winner. Nah, no, that doesn't no, fly. Got to pick a side, man. Got to pick a side. So, like, for example, I am an Eagles fan. Yes. No question. I don't care who the Eagles are playing. I'm rooting for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Now, if the Eagles are out of it, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem cheering on the Steelers. Simply for the fact of, let's keep it in state. I I don't mm-hmm. like the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is in the re- in this situation where the Steelers are in it, Eagles are out. Mm-hmm. If I were to have any rooting interest at all, mm-hmm. it's simply a matter of keeping it in state. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean the Steelers are my second team. Mm-hmm. It just means I don't hate the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know that makes sense. Now, now I I say all this because here's my take on it. I believe that you can only have one team. Absolutely. And as it, as a fan rule, once you are an adult, mm-hmm. you must have one team. Kids, I allow kids to go back and forth, to be wishy-washy or whatever. When I was a kid, I had a whole bunch of teams. You know, mm-hmm. I was a Sixers fan, but I also was a Knicks fan. You know, I was a Hornets fan. You know, like those those there are the a things. lot of players you were fans of. Yes, you might have liked the Hornets colors. Yeah, exactly. Or yes. Yes. Maybe you all didn't the, like Mike, and the Knicks mm, gave them yes. a good a good yeah, exactly. run. Exactly. All oh. all those things. All those things play a part in. When I was it. a kid, I liked the Forty ers simply because they were the team that could beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I always hated the Cowboys. Always hated the Cowboys, but, you know, like I like the 49ers. And and to, for, given that, you know, it, it, there was nothing there was nothing that, that held you to that. Now, I do believe that once you're an adult, mm-hmm. you have a team, you pick that team, that is your team for the rest of your life. For that's the rest your, of your life. For the rest of your life, till you die, that's your team. If so you no cho- flip flopping. No, teams. no, 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 no. You flip flop, then you're out of sports altogether. So you move to, I don't know, let's pick a city, Baltimore. Uh, yes, no, I'm, I'm glad you put that out there because you know me. That's I am a graduate of Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. 
You lived in I Baltimore lived, for I some lived, time. Yes. I went to school four years in Baltimore and then lived there 10 more years. Mm-hmm. That being said, like I said, you can only have one team. I believe that you can like other teams. But they're not. But they're not your, your team. team. Okay. I like the Baltimore Ravens. I was there in Baltimore when the Browns came to Baltimore, when they turned from, the when they became the Ravens. And I believe that first Super Bowl team that they won is a very likable team. That was back when Ray Lewis was still popular and you could still like Ray Lewis. It's could not that, you? Yes. And, and I believe that, honestly, and I, and I, and I talk to you because you're objective. Mm-hmm. You're objective and yet you're a fan. And you know how people are in this city and how much they love their teams despite no matter what other, what, what outside influences they are. Absolutely. You know, Philly, if Philly, lo- Philly loves their guys. And I felt like Ray Lewis in Baltimore was the same way, where the whole world was saying whatever they were talking about, you know. But he was one of their guys. But he was one of their guys. And that and that Super Bowl team, that team, people were like, you know, Ray is ours. We love Ray. He's ours. We don't care what anybody outside of Baltimore thinks. He's winning games. He's for winning games for us. He, you know, th- you know, we have what you know, Ray Lewis was to Baltimore. What Brian Dawkins was to to Philadelphia. They revered Ray like they like. Pro, in fact, I would probably say because That's Ray a Lewis, strong statement. Yes, I, I would say they probably revered Ray more than they revered Dalk because Ray has a statue outside the stadium <laughs> and Dalk does not. That's true. A statue says a lot. Yes, there aren't a lot of people that get statues. Yes, but that that being said, all I'm saying is like, I liked the Ravens. I like the I like the Ravens, and um, but they were not my team. I like them, mm-hmm. meaning if the Eagles weren't on, I would watch the Ravens game. When I watch the Ravens, I want the Ravens to win. But make no mistake, when the Eagles play the Ravens, I'm cheering for the Eagles. Eagles all day. It's Eagles all day. There's no, like, what are you going to do? People, you know, I, I, I have a Ravens shirt upstairs. Mm-hmm. I have a Ravens hat upstairs. Okay. But you know, they're I, not your team. They're not my team. Okay. Now I also come from I also come from a time and era. So when, when hold on, there, I come from a time and an era when NFL fashions was wasn't necessarily tied you to a team. Where everybody I, wore their Raiders hat. Yeah, I, I, I say that right now because I've been wearing the Raiders hat all day. I'm not a Raiders fan. I don't like the Raiders. I don't care about the Raiders. I don't I think mean, about you, the Raiders. But it's the Raiders. If hat. you grew up when NWA was yeah. hot, you wore a Raiders yeah. hat. It's a cultural thing more than a football thing. Yeah, exactly. I got a Raiders hat. You know, I got. And as much as I hate to admit it, do you know how many people around the country used to have stuff like Yankees fitted? Yeah. Regardless of whether before, or not. Yeah, before New Era and or, whoever make the cat. Or remember not, when the Colorado Rockies first came into the league? You yes. see everybody oh, wearing that CR. The CR, yes. Or when the, when, Red the whole, so- when the Red Sox changed their logo to what they have now. Mm-hmm. How many people have Red Sox? When when, when the, the Charlotte Hornets first joined the NBA yes. with that teal and purple. Yes. Everybody was wearing it. And then when you wanted to flip it, you got the uh, San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I come from that from that time when you you know wearing team apparel didn't have to tie you to it, a team. It was a fashion statement when, and, more than a, a statement for, of fandom or loyalty for, to an organization. For, for me, for me, it was like like I was always a big Nike guy. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to wear anything that Nike made. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I if Nike made it, I wanted it. So that being said, I'm a Penn State fan. I will admit, I had an Ohio State jersey, and I had a Michigan jersey because them jerseys was hot. When Nike first started making team apparel, not proud of it, but I had it, and that jersey was banging. When I, 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 I'd wear that, I'd wear that joint, and I'd wear it with. In fact, you know, I have to stop you here. right? Yes, I have to stop. Yes, you. go ahead. Because you said you're a Penn State guy. Yes, I am, you're and a, I had a Penn State jersey too. Uh, had a Penn State. You jersey. had a Michigan. Yes, in and my, and Ohio State. Michigan, uh, Penn State, Michigan, and, I, I and Ohio State. I, I I don't understand Michigan. I, I, let me not even say I understand. I don't understand Michigan. That's bad. Michigan but Ohio State? I had it all. Oh, Andy, Andy Katzenmoyer. Remember him? Okay. It was you, a Katzenmoyer, Katzenmoyer. Do you understand what, yes. what that's like? Yes. You're an Eagles fan. Yes. That's like saying you have a Cowboys or the Redskins jersey. Yes. That, is that understand acceptable? It. Is, it, is that pro- acceptable? Now? No. Was it ever acceptable? I don't know. As an Eagles fan to have a Cowboys or a Redskins jersey. Even like we're from the era mm-hmm. where NBA, NFL, even MLB gear was a fashion statement. Bro, there I were certain a, teams you didn't bro, wear. Bro, I have a. There were I certain. Have, te- did I you ever a, wear a star, the star on your hat? Did you ever wear a Cowboys hat? Did I ever wear a Cowboys hat? No. A Cowboys jacket, a Cowboys jersey. Look, man. All I'm saying is these. I have a, I'll, and I'll show you after the show. I have a photo album of me in a wide assortment of jerseys of players and teams that mm-hmm. I never cared about. Were any of them Cowboys jerseys? Look, man, I'm just talking to you about fashion, all right? Uh-huh. Me too. Look, I, I'm just talking about fashion. I want fashion to know about your the, fashion choices. No, we, look, man, I'm just saying, dude. I'm, all I'm saying is, look, that's, that's, that is the era that we came from. That is the era that we came from, and I'm saying, and to tie it into the point that I'm trying to make <laughs> is about having two teams and liking liking other teams. Mm-hmm. I believe that once you're an adult, once you're an adult, that you you have to pick a team. You can like players. You can like teams. And there are ins and outs of how long you can like them. I like the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And I said I would like, and my rule with the Ravens is I will like the Ravens for as long as they they have players who were in Baltimore when I lived in Baltimore. I say that all now that I am now this is now my tenth year back in Philadelphia. I ten years ago I moved back to Philadelphia. So who's still there? Terrell sucks. That's it. That's it. So when he's gone, so when he's gone, when he's gone, I walk away from the Ravens. All right, that that is that is my rule. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So I, you know, I ladies like the, and gentlemen, you heard it first. Yes. We're going to hold him to that. Yes. Tell I mean, that's, that's I mean that I mean to, to me that's no problem. I, I have no problem doing that. And it, uh, I like he's he's the last one. He's the last of the Mohicans. He's the last player. Uh, he's the last player from my time when I lived in Baltimore. So I will like the Ravens until he's gone. When he's gone, hey, the Ravens just become another team. Just another team. Just another team. And on that note, we're going to take one more break. Take one more break. 
We're gonna take a break. Re- now Stop realize something. Now realize something. Realize break something. Break means that, that's there's just, more. That's just that's just, that just let's, let's before we take this break. Let's just I, I just want to take a moment to kind of revel in what is happening here. This tangent would have just ruined the whole last segment of the show. We just spent like a, a 15 minute segment and we didn't talk about any sports. We talked about fashion. We talked about other things. We can do that, man. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We could do it. We, we could play some music. Mm-hmm. We could. We could do it. All right. If they were listening, they might have heard some music. Hey, it's all good. We got you. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. All right. All right. Let's keep. Well, <laughs> well let's take a break and we we'll, come back and we're going to actually talk the playoffs. We'll actually talk the playoffs after the break. Gotcha. All right, more after this. Mm-hmm. Mike Jones, John Brown, we'll be right back. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip. Me over it. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. Hope you've been enjoying We're your time with us today. Here. We are We're still here. <laughs> Keep going and going. What, what normally <laughs> comes on after you on uh, Free Agent Radio? What, do you know? Music. Music? Music. So people would normally come in for some music. Y'all hearing us. <laughs> you get us. <laughs> oh man, but it's all right because we just as good, if not better, than some music. We all jokes know. aside, I hope everybody's enjoyed it. Thanks yes. for joining us. Yes, uh, we're going to get right back into it. Okay, because last segment we got NFL a little derailed, yeah. but we're going to get we're going to try to get back on track. We're talking mm-hmm. NFL playoffs now. It's that time of year. Actually, looks like we should have four pretty good games this weekend. Yes. I'm excited. The Saturday schedule kicks off with Colts versus Texans. That's going to be a good one. That's that, going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good one because it's going to – I think we're going to now see how back Andrew Luck is. And this should actually be a fairly good quarterback battle yes. in general. Andrew Luck, beginning of the year, mm-hmm. first three or four games, if you watched him throw the ball mm-hmm. – they brought in the backup, Jacoby Brissett, to throw a Hail Mary from the 50-yard line because Andrew Luck's arm didn't look like it could get that far downfield. Now, to go from that to where they are at this point in the season, where Andrew Luck is now likely the comeback player of the year, and they won, what, ten, 9 out of 10 or something like that down the stretch approaching the playoffs, they are a very dangerous team. Their defense is 
and their offensive line are significantly improved from the iteration of the Colts that we saw before Andrew Luck's injury. So anyone who hasn't been paying attention to the Colts this year, we can't just come in and write them off and say, uh, no defense, no offensive line, it's all Andrew Luck. That's not Ooh, these Colts. No, no, But I guess the question the question about the Colts, I, it's not necessarily Andrew Luck, but it's his weapons. T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, yes. and who? And, Good question. And does having to ask that question, the having to, does having to ask that and who against a defense like the Texans, what does that mean? Well, back to your original point, that will let us know a lot about Andrew Luck. Because if he's really who everybody thought he was going to be coming in, who everyone is hoping he will be going forward the the ceiling on Andrew Luck was not initially a guy who was good decent to good but would need great weapons around him to take him to the next level he was supposed to be the guy who was very good to great and would be able with his skill set to raise the level of the weapons around him. So if Andrew Luck, to quote Denny Green, is who we thought he is, <laughs> then the weapons aren't that big of an issue. Andrew Luck was coming into the league hyped up to be that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees type, who these guys, you never know who most of their weapons are. So, looking at Andrew Luck, his weapons, well, the names on the back of the jerseys of his weapons mm -hmm. should not be a big deal. As long as they run a proper route and don't drop balls when they hit them, mm -hmm. it's really on Luck to be accurate all the time with the ball. It's really on Luck to be accurate, but Luck, is, Luck has to go up there and he has to stare across at Davian Clowney and J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. That's pretty formidable. It is. But that defense can be scored on. Yes. We, we saw someone score 30 points on them in the last couple of weeks. We have. And let me ask you a question. What, what like, we see the Texans. Mm -hmm. Texans started the season 0-3. And then went off and rattled off nine straight wins. Mm -hmm. So, we're what team are we going to see? Well, that's because they the struggled down. They struggled down the stretch. They did struggle down the stretch, mm -hmm. but that's also one of the interesting things about this matchup. These are two teams that had very slow starts to the season, mm -hmm. then got very hot. Now, the Texans in the Eagles game, for example, down the stretch, I don't know that I would necessarily want to say that they struggled. Mm -hmm. They got off to a slow start against an Eagles team that, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. against the Eagles team that was in a must-win situation and had a little bit of that good old-fashioned Nick Foles magic riding with them. And then... Week 17, when they needed a win to clinch the division, they got it done. Mm -hmm. So 
they might not have looked like world beaters coming down the stretch, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I would go as far as to say that they were struggling. They just weren't the hottest team going into the playoffs. Okay. Now, the uh, the Colts played the, uh, played Houston a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Colts And Colts went down to Houston and beat them. Andrew Luck threw for thir- almost 400 yards and two touchdowns. You know, uh-huh. so he's done it before. Absolutely, he's done it before. But it's it's a huge task. It's absolutely a huge, a huge task, task to ask him to come down there and beat the Texans in Houston twice. But th- I think this will be a huge task for both quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck had a playoff run his rookie year, and then not since. Mm-hmm. And this is Deshaun Watson's first playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a huge. Huge test for both of them. Luck, of course, his first playoff appearance since, since his, rookie his, year. his mm-hmm. not only his rookie year, but a major shoulder injury that caused him to miss extended time. Mm-hmm. This is a big time test for both of these guys, and I think it'll be a very, very good game. So that being so, said, what do you, who do you think pulls pulls this out? Me, Texans by ten. You think so? I agree with 31, you. 31-21 Texans. I, I I don't. I can't see as. I can't see Luck and the Colts going down to Houston and beating them in Houston twice. I would agree with you on that. I don't I, see that happening either. I, I think Texans are going to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I think Deshaun Watson is a gamer. He, he throughout his career, mm-hmm. college and extended, he shows up for big games, mm-hmm. makes big plays, and I expect to see more of that. I like the Houston front seven. You know, I I, I think they I think they're going they're going to hit. Andrew Luck all game. I think Andrew Luck by the end of this game is going to know JJ Watt and Davian Clowney very well, very very well. I say I I, th- I think Houston wins double digits. Okay, all right, at least, at, at least two scores. All right, well, let's move on to our next matchup. Okay. You know, I was. You want to keep it? Sat- you want to keep it Saturday? That's exactly what I was about okay. to say. Let's keep it Saturday. The next Saturday game on the schedule, Seahawks. Going into Dallas as a wild card team mm-hmm. versus the Cowboys. Cowboys won the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Seahawks put up a very good effort, clinching a spot in the last a wild card spot in Week 16. Yes, and securing the number five seed, which gets them a matchup with Dallas. Now, this will not be the first time these two teams have met in the playoffs. No. I don't believe that any of these guys were on the roster the last time. It was 2007. Okay, no, no. Do you remember who the Cowboys quarterback was? Was that uh, was that Drew Bledsoe? That was not Bledsoe. When I tell you about what game this was, you'll remember it instantly. Okay. Tony Romo was the quarterback. Oh, was that um, was that oh goodness, was that the game when he was holding? The, uh, that was that game. That was the game when he was when he was holding. Couldn't get the, the snap. Yeah, he down, couldn't get the snap to down for the, the field goal. Zone, yes, yes, that yes. That was the last time these two teams yes. played in the playoffs. So that was that was the to. That's my quarterback game. That was that game. Can I? Before we talk about it, because we got time, guys. Can, can I? Can I have a moment for some fan uh, to, to get into some fandom? Get in, take, as, take as, we call, as we call it on my podcast. Uh, the best in the world sports report. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Philly. Oh, excuse me, at PITW Sports. And you can find the podcast. Yes, there you can as find well. the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. All right, we talk fan ish. When you're a fan, when you're an Eagles fan, you get into it with Cowboys fans all the time. 
It's, it's just it's customary. It's par for the course. It's par for the course. If you're going to like the Philadelphia Eagles, you know that at some point in time you're going to have to spar verbally with some Cowboys fans. Have to. What 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 is the bread and butter of Cowboys fans when they argue with Philly fans? We got five rigs. Exactly. That's their go-to. Mm-hmm. That is a Cowboys fan bread and butter. That's all they have to go. That to. is all they have to go to because they haven't won a Super Bowl since they were get, won a playoff game since they were in that Super Bowl run. It is almost impossible to argue football now with Cowboys fans, and let me explain to you why. Cowboys fans don't know how to argue football anymore. Not rationally. No. And they don't know what points to make. They don't know what points to argue. They don't. Mm. And you know why? It's because they haven't had any success in the playoffs over the last 20 years. Whether you like it or not, whether they want to admit it or not, Cowboys is about as useless as the Browns. And, you know, to take it a step further, Mm -hmm. I think – Cowboys fans, if they're being honest with themselves as fans, mm-hmm. realize they have a mediocre core. Okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go as far as to say, average quarterback, not great at this point, and a mediocre head coach. You're not lying. They, I'll stop you. Cowboys you're wrong. fans know these things about their team, so if you could get them in a moment of honesty. They'll but tell you that's the reason why they cling to the Aikman, but, Smith, Irvin glory days. They don't expect this team to really challenge for a title. But it's like they, Cowboys fans will get get into Eagles fans and these delusional and just crazy nonsensical arguments. Right now, Cowboys Cowboys fans are probably arguing Dak versus Carson Wentz. I think that one's done. That one's it's done. But the but the fact that Carson Wentz isn't even playing this weekend. True. Just overemphasize. It just emphasizes that Cowboys fans don't know how to argue football anymore. That's very true. Cowboys fans have no clue how to argue football anymore. But before we get into a Cowboy fan bashing session, no. But, but I guess I'm, I'm just I'm saying all this to say that at this point in time, because we're looking at this game and we're talking about mm-hmm. the game, and I I firmly believe that Cowboys are one and done this year. I see, that's what I wanted to hear. That's, what, that's I think where I was going. The Cowboys are one and done this year. And Cowboys fans are so excited about this playoff run. And I get for to an extent, I understand why you're excited. Because the Cowboys fans just don't make the playoffs that often. Well, you know, pretty good, much 8-8 eight and eight under Jason yeah, Gary. So there's a good chance that after this playoff run, they're not going to make the playoffs again for at least another two, three years. So they got to savor this moment. I believe the Cowboys are one and done. So, you know, that being said, they got to hold their heads on something. So they want to compare their quarterback to a quarterback that's not even playing right now. They want to talk about Super Bowl rings they won when I was in junior high school. They want to talk. I mean, honestly, if you can't watch your Super Bowl highlights in HD, don't talk to me. HD? I need a VAC. I need a VCR. You need a VCR. If you only, if they're, they're honestly, not even on, they're not even on DVD. If you watched, if you watched your Super Bowl, if you watched your team win a Super Bowl on a TV that had knobs on it, I don't want to talk. Don't talk to me. The Cowboys won when TVs still had tubes in them. If the station that you watched the Super Bowl with, if, if the station you watched the Super Bowl on went off the air later on that night, mm-hmm. don't talk to me. 
if you watched your team win a Super Bowl on a TV with rabbit ears, what are with we the, talking about? With aluminum foil on it? Exactly. Like, what are we even talking about now? If you wore Zuba pants to watch your team wear the, the Super Bowl, don't talk to me. Cowboys are one and done. They don't know how to argue football. That's the point that I wanted to make. And I had time because this is yeah. a two-hour show. All right. So you've got the Cowboys losing. Cowboys are going to lose. I think, the, I think, honestly, I think that, and it's not even about, I think the Seattle offense is good enough to put enough points on them to win. Russell Wilson is not going to lose this game for them, but I think this defense is going to confuse Dak Prescott. I think, the, I think Zeke, will pro, Zeke will probably get his numbers, but at some point in time, Dak Prescott is going to have to pass the ball. I don't believe that he's going to be successful trying to pass the ball on this Seattle defense. I know it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. They've you know, been coming together. But, yes. They've they're been play, playing good football. They're playing good football, good defensive football. So do you have a score? Do I have a score? I say, you know, I say 31-13. 31-13. Yes. Oh, man. Thir- we went up to three scores on this one. 31-13, the Seattle defense scores a touchdown. Seattle defense scores a touchdown. 31-13 with a defensive Scorn, score. With okay. a defensive score. That, that, that is what I'm saying. That, so that's a real pick. Mm-hmm. That's a real pick. All right. So we went through the Saturday game. Yes. Sunday game. Yes. Let's see. Sunday, I've been watching football all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm, now you. I'm amped. starting to get hammed. See, here's the playoff thing. game. I'm here, getting anxious the, now. Sunday what's, morning. What's again? Once again, this is fan. This this is fan ish right here, mm-hmm. because I, I'm I'm with you. Sunday, I'm hyped because I just watched this. I, I just watched the Cowboys lose. So the Cowboys are out of it now. I watched the entertaining Texans Colts game. Yes. I watched the Cowboys lose. Yes. You wake up on Sunday morning. Yes. One o'clock. You got Chargers and Ravens. Chargers, Ravens. Good, good a appetizer. Good a good offense. This is a really good defense. Good offense versus a really good defense. And here's the thing. I've said this on this show. I've said it on my own show. I've said it on plenty of shows. I am not. I, I well, I will say that I am a firm. Firm believer in regular season Philip Rivers. <laughs> Philip regular season Philip Rivers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Regular season Philip Rivers is one of is a quarterback that you want on your fantasy team year in and year out. Absolutely. Philip Rivers will get you fantasy get you fantasy championships. Speaking of fantasy, yes. I was in three leagues this year. Yes. One championship, two second place finishes. We should talk fantasy one day. I could, I could lead you in the right way. All right. Uh, if you want to talk fantasy, I had one team finished in third place. Fantasy, fantasy football is stupid. <laughs> 11 and two, third place. Uh, darn, I was in three championship games in three leagues. Darn you, Marvin Gordon. <laughs> uh, and, no, oh, I, man. I'm feeling good because I'm, I'm predicting the Cowboys' loss, and you know I, I don't even want to get All into right. it right now. So, my impression: Chargers, Ravens, stupid. I'll say this: Yes, I don't know how far the Ravens can go playing they the way they've been playing mm-hmm. offensively, yeah. where you're counting on a quarterback to run as much as Lamar Jackson has been running. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm with you. It's something about playoff Phillip Rivers that I don't trust. Mm -hmm. The Chargers, to me, are essentially the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. Agreed. Again, if you don't know how I feel about the Atlanta Falcons, I will say it once, and I will say it as clearly say as it I as can. Say as many times as you want. The Falcons mm-hmm. are frauds. <laughs> frauds. Sorry, say it one more time for the, the people. The Falcons are frauds. Sorry to anybody listening in Atlanta, but your team is built wrong. That being said, it's something about the Chargers that makes me feel very similarly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because they're built to play warm weather football or what, mm-hmm. but come January, February, well, not even February, because they're not playing in February, come late December and January, they just, for whatever reason, have not to this point in Philip Rivers' career, been able to find a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And Eli's got it done. Big Ben's got it done. At this point, Rivers has to be feeling the pressure to get that monkey off his back, mm-hmm. if you will. So I think actually that pressure works against him. He may end up pressing. And with the Ravens' defense, if you press mm-hmm. – They'll exploit your mistakes. Yes. I've got Ravens 24, Chargers 17. Okay. I'll go same score. Yeah, you know, I'll go same score. I think it's it's interesting the point that you made about Phillip Rivers and the monkey on his back because I agree. But I think that at this point now, because you're talking about the fact that Eli has two rings. Mm-hmm. Big Ben has two rings. Uh-huh. Philip Rivers has none. none. So even if he gets one, that monkey's still there. But it's a start. It's a start, but, you know, I, it took him this long to get one. Because statistically, I don't know. he's better than the other two. Yes, exactly. But winning. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're absolutely right. If if you were looking just at statistically, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers by far is the better quarterback of the three. Absolutely. By far. Yards, touchdowns. Yes, everything. Everything that Phillip Rivers does. passing metrics. Yes, everything that Phillip Rivers does as a quarterback is better than every everyone else in his class except for actually winning playoff football games. Winning big games. Yes. Like, we all know watching Eli Manning is not always pretty. No. But then again. But you get why, him in the playoffs and for some reason he gets he'll get He'll make plays. Ben Roethlisberger. Not always pretty. Not always pretty. Not always pretty. And it's, at this point now, Ben Roethlisberger, he, he's got issues of his own. He Yeah, he's got issues of his own. He's got Antonio Brown and Le'Veon to deal with out mm-hmm. there. So Man, please. Le'Veon out there talking to, trying to get A.B. to go with him wherever he's going. Man, if I'm an NFL GM, I'm not touching A.B. Okay. Diva wide receivers, man. I say it before and I'll yep. say it again. They ruin teams. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Nope. nope. It is not worth it. Especially not giving them 15 plus million a year. Because mm-hmm. now, if the Steelers want to trade them, they're looking at 21 million in dead cap space mm-hmm. because they just renegotiated his contract spring of last year. Yep. So what do you do? They're stuck. 
because a selfish diva receiver wants to act up, skip meetings, and then try to show up on game day like I get to decide what I do. No, you're an employee. As much as people like to talk about players this and players that, they are employees. I, no one gets to go to te- work and tell their boss, I'm going to show up when I feel like showing up. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much you get paid. And truth be told, if you're getting paid $16 million a year, I would say, in my opinion, your boss has more right to tell you, you need to be there. You, I'm paying you all this money. Mm-hmm. You know? So you and, the, you and him had an argument for $16 million. You need to fix that and get to work. Mm, I understand. I understand. So that being said, uh, you said 24, you said 2417? 2417. All right. Ravens. I'm, gonna, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say. Let's see. We, I'm going to say. So that leaves one more game. Let's see. I told you I woke up Sunday morning anxious and excited. Yes. We've been through three games three starting games. on Saturday. Yes. And they made me wait for the last one. Mm-hmm. The last one's the one I want to see. Exactly. And I think the last one's the one you want to see. No, ain't no think about it. Yes. Last one's the one I'm going to see. We're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and Chicago Bears. Yes. This, I think, is actually the most interesting matchup of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have two teams that are very similar. Mm -hmm. Good defensive fronts. Mm -hmm. Decent weapons. The Bears are playing with a quarterback who is not the most dynamic prospect, but he's played well for him this year. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles are playing a quarterback who, while not being the most dynamic quarterback, has been playing very well as of late. And he's also has a history at this point of playing well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I dare you to do something. What? This Name well, a bad playoff game Nick Foles has had. This point, well, this last season, and last year's are, run, he had a last year. Last year's run, he's only had two two playoff years, right? Last year, they played mm-hmm. three games. Played there was three a games. there was a half that wasn't great, but mm-hmm. the second half, he came back mm-hmm. and did the job very well. Mm-hmm. And the first playoff run against the Saints, he played well, left the field with a lead. And the last play, he hit a guy in the stomach who just couldn't catch. Nick Foles shows up in the big games for some reason. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think this by far, well, I think this by far, out of all those games in Nick Foles' playoff careers, this by far could probably be the best defense that he's going to fa- that he will have faced. I'd agree with that. The Chicago defense is the best. I think Khalil Mack. You know, for starters, Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks. I think that's second. Kyle Fuller's mm-hmm. leading the league in interceptions. Yes, there's a lot going on on that Bears defense. So this, he's going to be tested. Absolutely, he's going to be tested, and he's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to play the game of his, you know, of his life. I don't know that to be true. Okay, why? I'm gonna tell you why. Why? I look at it from this perspective. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. for. All the things Eagles fans like to bash Jim Schwartz for, and th- there are times where he gives the the fans good reason to be upset. Yes, definitely. He is still, without question, the best defensive coordinator they've had since Jim Johnson. Okay. And but I that that being said, though, there, there's a lot of there's a lot. Of there, I'm not saying yeah. he's perfect. Yeah, I'm just I'm just. But what I am saying is mm-hmm. that 
I don't expect Schwartz to go out there and be exploited by a quarterback in his first playoff game. Mm, okay. So as great as the Bears' defense is, I see Nick Foles as being more capable of scoring against Chicago's defense than I do Trubisky being able to score against the Eagles' defense the way they've been playing coming down the stretch. Mm. Was as banged up as that secondary has been, they've been playing much better football in the last couple games, Mm -hmm. on the defensive side of the ball especially. So from that perspective, because at the end of the day, it is about what team can score the most, Mm -hmm. I expect the Eagles' offense to be able to be more productive against Chicago than I do Chicago's offense to be able to be against the Eagles' defense. So for that reason and that reason alone, I actually believe the Eagles can and will win this game. I do. I I believe that they can win this game. I most certainly believe that they can win this game. Not quite sure that they will. They're, because one, just this defense. Now, I, I agree with you that this, it's going to be hard for Mitchell Trubisky to exploit this defense. Exactly. I'm not quite sure if he's got – if he has the weapons right. and if he has if, – if he's the type of quarterback to do it. All right, I'll ask you two questions. Okay. Try to help you out along sure. the path. Okay. I'll, t- I'll take that. If you had to guess, make an estimate, how many points do you think Trubisky could put up against this Eagles defense? If the defense is playing well and Trubisky's having a typical solid day, mm-hmm. what would you think that he could put up against the, the Eagles? I would say... 13, 16, maybe one touchdown, bunch of field goals. Okay, so let's be generous and call it 17. 17, okay. Which is two touchdowns and two, a field goal. Two touchdowns and a field goal. One touchdown, three field goals will get you to 16, but somewhere mm. in that 14 to 17 range. Okay. Now, Nick Foles, the way he's been playing lately, what do you think he could score against the Bears defense? That is what, that is what scares me. That is what, that is what I'm fearful of. That is what I'm fearful of because I feel like, I like it's it's one thing, is it's one thing to, it's one thing to say, to look at the success that this Eagles offense has had over these last couple of weeks, because you look at Lane Johnson on that offensive line in particular, the fact that he's you know he's had he, the Pro Bowl form the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, and look who he's done it against. He's done it against Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Did it against J.J. Watt. Both both of those all guys, pro, two all pros, the, the and, now you, and, and now and, and for your troubles, you get Khalil. You Mack. get Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something difficult, and I feel like with the with the way the Bears run their defense, it's not a given that Khalil Mack will be lining up across from Lane Johnson oh, all no, games. You, you, You're going to see Khalil against Peters. Yeah. as well. they'll move him around, mm-hmm. and that's what worries me. That pressure that they that they get on Foles. Now, I will say one one of the biggest criticisms that I had on Foles for a long time was the fact that I felt like he held on to the ball. So he held on to the ball for a long time. But he has gotten a lot better, especially this season. Making quick decisions yes. and getting the yes. ball out. He's quick. gotten. A, I will give him credit that he has gotten a lot better at that. Mm-hmm. He has gotten 
so much better than that because that was probably one of the biggest criticisms. Foles I have is him. about thirty years old now. He's at that point mm-hmm. where you your physical prime and mm-hmm. your mental peak in sports start okay. to mesh. Mm-hmm. This is that point where it should all be coming together. All for coming them. together. Okay. Like look at the great quarterbacks when they were really at their best. In their 30s. Somewhere yeah, in that around that 30 to 29, 30, yeah. That's right where yeah. Foles is now. Late, so late 20s into their early 30s. Yep. He's the most physically gifted. Mm-hmm. He's at that point where he's able to maximize his mm-hmm. gifts. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think, and I think that also speaks to a conversation that you and I have had on this show before, when we've talked about uh, backup backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. and the importance of quarterbacks who know the uh, know, know the, the offense. offense. Absolutely. And I have always said, and, 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 and uh, indulge me a second to make the, to make a point, before, okay? Because I have said to you before that I felt like that was one of the most overused and overrated uh, sayings in football. And I always and, disagree. And you always disagree. But the reason why you disagree is because you you because you feel like with the quarterback, exactly. it's important. How now? This is other where, positions, mm-hmm. not so much. But quarterback, now, okay. absolutely. No, no. This is this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going with this. I feel like if there was a quarterback that this really applies to, I would say. It's Nick Foles. Absolutely. Because, and, and this is why. Because I believe that as much as I've criticized Nick Foles, what Nick Foles does and what Nick Foles has a history of doing that that can't be argued, Nick Foles makes plays. Absolutely. So for me, I feel like, yes, it is important for the quarterback to know the offense and familiar with the offense. When you're talking about a quarterback who's sitting on the sideline with a baseball cap on and a clipboard, and he's explaining it to your starter. That's when, to me, that is when it is important to have a backup who knows the, knows the, who knows the system. In the end, when it comes down to playing, you need a quarterback who can make plays. And what separates Nick Foles from just your regular, your garden variety backup quarterback is Nick Foles makes plays. Nick Foles can make plays. Nick Foles has made plays. And he knows the system. And he knows the system. So that makes it an added, added bonus. So that might not mean – so Nick Foles might not be a franchise quarterback. But for me, that's an argument for another that's day. Absolutely. We don't need to have that argument what right we now. we do know about Nick Foles is, is that he can make you plays, put a good team around them, yes. he can make the plays yes. to win. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, it's like to me, those, those are points I have no problem conceding. So with Those the, are points I have no problem conceding. I am not – but I am not convinced that – Nick Foles can make enough plays to beat this Chicago defense. All right. So on that note, I've got the Eagles 27 and the Bears 16. What, what, really? That's what I got. 27-16? 27-16. I don't be, think it's going to be as close late as it as people expect. Mm-hmm. Early first half, I think it is going to be a dogfight. Second half, I see the Eagles just pulling away because their offense is more capable than the Bears. Okay. Aye. So we're going to get out of here on your score. Oh, oh, oh. you know what? Fine. And then we're going to revisit all next week, your okay. scores and mine, our picks, you know what? see all how right. we did. Okay. This is what I'm going to say. I am going to say Chicago 19, Eagles 13. What That's we, an honest opinion. That is an honest opinion. So I'm, I'm not saying, mad at you. I'm saying Chicago 19, Eagles 13. But there's something that you and I talked about on Twitter, openly on Twitter this week. And what was that? You was, tell me. We had a couple conversations. We had a couple conversations. We talked about on Twitter me being wrong. 
<laughs> me being wrong and me not having a problem admitting, admitting when, when I'm wrong. So I would love, absolutely love, to come back on ODD next week mm-hmm. and say, hey, man, I thought the Eagles was going to lose, and they didn't. Hey, man. I would love, I will take that L. I will take all the shame that comes with. That will be the time I won't rub it in. Okay. Well, I mean, no, honestly, if you chose to rub it in, I would not blame you. I'll throw you out my house. (laughs) But I would not blame you. We'd be cool, all right? We'd be cool. Uh, I hope but so. We still got shows to we do. We still got shows to do, man. Yo, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm lo- man. Oh, man. They, they done did something And wrong. I know we still got shows to do, mm-hmm. but that's it for this one. All right. That's cool, man. That's cool. I'm loving it, though. Right. Me, me too. Extended time with the people. Yes, sir. Oh, man. We'll be back again next week. In the meantime, if you want to hear this show again or you want to hear more of me and John on the Best in the World Sports Report, you can find the podcast. John, tell them where to find the podcast. You can find the podcast, soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports. Or you can look us up on iTunes. Just search Best in the World Sports Report. You can find ODD. You can find Best in the World. You can find all that stuff. All of it's there. There we go. Also, you can listen to us. If you can't sleep on Saturday night, early Sunday morning, 2.30 in the morning. Probably going to be earlier than that since now we got now we got all this time. I, you know, oh man, yeah, we got a ton of time now. We everywhere now. We everywhere. Oh yeah, you can catch us uh, phillygoflow.com. Shout out to phillygoflow.com. Oh man, all right, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Free Agent Radio, SeattleHipHop.com, SoundCloud, iTunes. However you listen to we're us, everywhere, man. We thank you for listening. Everywhere. We love you. When we're out. Peace. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.